Job 1, verse 1. We're going to read down to 22. There was a man in the land of Oz whose name was Job. The man was blameless and upright and one who feared God and shunned evil. Even, or, and seven sons and three daughters were born to him. Also, his position was 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household, so that this man was the greatest of all the people in the east. Now get this. He was the greatest. He had the most. You was, you was the biggest and the most important when you had all the sheep and stuff. Now, we think of money today, but they think of, of objects back then. They thought of how many goats you had and how many sheep. And, I mean, they didn't call them cows. They called them oxens. And, but um, I, I, I live around a lot of animals and a lot of uh, pigs, and God bless their heart. <laughs> ah, they get in my yard. Anyway, and I live around a lot of cows, and... Um, they're worth a lot of money right now. Cows and stuff are worth a lot of money. So this guy was rich. And in today's standards, he was rich. Now, he had, he had some sons would go far or go and feast in their houses each on the appointed day and would send and invite their three sisters to eat with them and to drink wine with them. So when it came to the day of feasting, now wait a minute, wait a minute. Now listen, that wine they drink back there is not like the wine that's in the grocery stores today. I did a study on wine, and it's not the same. It's mostly just fermented grape juice. And this stuff they have today is 10, 12 volume, whatever that means, but that is not. That was like one volume. So they could drink it all day long and not get drunk. But uh, so I just want to clean that, clear that up. Now his sons would go to their, or go and feast in their houses, which each of them ha had his own appointed day, and would send and invite their sisters to eat and drink with them. So it was the, when the day of feasting come and their course that Job would send and sac or sanctify them. And he would raise up early in the morning and offer a burnt offering according to the number of them. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their heart. Job did this regularly. How many of you guys get up and, and do this for your kids regularly? A lot of us didn't. A lot of us didn't. If I get up in the morning and my kids were screaming and a holler, and they were lucky they got on the school bus without bawling by the time I got done with them. So uh, I was a tough mama, but I'm telling you what, I'm proud of my kids because I was. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to, to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came along among them. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going into and fro and from the earth 
and from walking back and forth on it. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? That there is none like him on the earth and is blameless and upright, one who fears God and one who shuns evil. So Satan answered God and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? You have not made, if you have made not a hedge around him and his household and around all that has been on every side, you have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions and increased his lands. So God did bless Job. He blessed him tremendously. And he had a hedge around him. I'm telling you, we need to start praying for a hedge around us a lot. Yeah. More than what we, we do now. Pray for your family. Pray for a hedge around them. You want to see them safely in the arms of Jesus? You want to see them come home from work safely? Pray for a hedge around them. But when you stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, he will surely curse you to, your, to you and your face. So God said to Satan, Behold, all of his, all that he has in his power. Only do not lay hands on this person. Then Satan went out from his presence of the Lord. Now there was a day when the sons of daughter came and they were drinking wine and the oldest in the house, or his brother's house. The messenger came to Job and said, the oxen were plowing in the, and the donkeys were feeding beside them. When Simeon raided them and took them away, indeed, they killed and killed and the servants, they killed them and their servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone escaped to tell them. While he was speaking, another one came. The fire of God fell down on heaven and burned up all the sheep and the servants and consumed them. I alone fell to and escaped to tell them. While he was speaking, another one came. The Childians formed three, three bands, raided the camels, took them away, yes, and killed the servants. With the edge of the sword, and I alone escaped to tell you. While he was speaking, another one came. Now listen, I'm telling you, Job was just about probably up to here. How many of you guys has had people come to you and tell you a bad thing, and then somebody else would come to you and tell? He was losing his wealth. I mean, sometimes if we just lose what's in our bank account. But he was losing his wealth. While he was still speaking, another one came and said, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine at their oldest brother's house. And suddenly a great wind came from the, across the wilderness and struck four corners of your house. And it fell on the men and they died. I alone escaped to tell you. Job arose. He tore his robe he shaved his head and he fell on the ground to worship. He said, naked I came from my mother's womb, naked I shall return. The Lord give and the Lord has taken away. 
Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all of this, Job did not sin, nor charge God for that. In all of this. You know, first of all, I want to stop right there. First of all, Satan actually come to God and said, let me have him. I'll take care of him. You guys don't have to worry about him. I'll do it. So he actually took took Job at his character. He thought that he could just destroy his character by taking everything out of him. What if you would wake up tomorrow and not have nothing? You know, I mean, I remember, I, I wasn't born, thank God, back in the 40s, but when they had their little thing where all the banks went and everything, there were men jumping out of two-story houses killing each other because they had lost everything they had. And this is, you know, this is what I, I, uh, I think, the, the, the hedge that God had around him, I just think of this great big, if you've been down in Texas and stuff and you see these great big mansions, and they have these hedges, that are 12 feet tall, and you couldn't get in them, love nor money. That's what I'm thinking about. God had his hedge all the way around every cow in the field, everything he had, every goat, every oxen, everything he had. God had his hand around him. But Satan tried to destroy what God still protected. God, or Satan didn't know that that Job was still God's man. So, and then, and then I, I'm not going to read the rest of this because the story goes to 42 chapters, but I'm just going to kind of phrase over and paraphrase a little bit of the stuff. Job's wife and then comes to him. Now, first of all, Satan comes back to him, to God, and says, hey, I've been doing this again. I'm trying to find somebody that I can just curse. And God said, did you think of Job? Did you think about Job again? Okay, but he surely will, he, he will curse you. Once I get to touch his body, he will curse you. God said, okay, you can touch his body, but you're not going to kill him. He's for me. So what did he do? Satan plastered him with boils. Now, if you have a little pimple, you know how that hurts? What do you think if you had boils from your head to your, on the bottom of your feet? Them great big nasty looking things. I, I mean, he, and he just, he must have been miserable. Because I remember when Kimberly was a little and she had uh, chicken pox. And she had them things in her mouth, in her eyes, I mean, in her hair. And I could just imagine, boils are probably 100 times worse than chicken pox. And you know that he hurt. Well, then here comes his lovely wife. Now, I, I do believe that, you know, she did lose her kids. And not only did he lose the wealth, she did too. So, but here comes his lovely wife. Why don't you just curse God and die? I'm just sick of this stuff. You know, I mean, you know, and he still wouldn't do it. He's like, no, no, this is not my fault. I don't know what's going on, but this is not my fault. So the next thing, you know, well, here comes three friends up the road. Now, I'm telling you, these kind of friends I don't want. 
I don't want these kind of friends. They sat there with him for a week and never said a word. It's like, what is the deal? Why would you come and sit by him and not say a word? But they did. Anyway, when Job finally spoke, they started telling him, well, it's because you must have sinned. You're not a righteous person. What's wrong with you? You must have sinned. But Job still said, no, I don't know why I'm going through this, but I'm going through it. And this is what I'm going through. And a lot of times in life, that's what happens to us. We don't know why we're going through this stuff. There's a lot of times that I've went through stuff and I don't know why. And it's like, okay, God, what, what did I do? That's the first thing. When Daniel got in that truck wreck, that was the first thing people would tell Leonard and Darla. Well, you guys must have sinned. I mean, carry that for a while. He was, he was a quad, and he lived for seven years or six years after that. But that was the first thing they said. You guys must have sinned because of your son being in a truck wreck. Which, I mean, people can be mean. These guys were his friends. You better be careful who's your friend. You better be careful who you run with. So <clears throat> they came to support him. <laughs> um, I don't know. But Job knew in his heart this was not the case, that he hadn't sinned. God put him there for a reason. His friend attacks him, but Job knew better. God eventually rebukes them, friends. Thank God he rebuked them eventually. But, you know, that didn't, I don't know if it stopped them, they went home. But why would they sit there? With, I just couldn't figure that out. Why would they sit there a week and not say, how are you? Can I help you do something? You're sitting here, ripped your clothes off, in ashes all over your body. I, can I take you to a doctor or something? <laughs> so anyway, God restores Job. After it's all over, God restores him. And you know what he did for him? He gave him double of what he had before. Double. And not only that, in the Bible it says that he had three daughters that was beautiful. And he named them by name in the Bible. He didn't name the seven sons that he had two again. He named the girls. That's important, girls. God had to prove to Satan that there is righteousness um, in man. So I want to just tell you just a little bit this, uh, this evening about my testimony. I, uh, I got saved back in... I don't know. How old are you, Greg? Never mind. Never mind. Um, uh, I got saved back. It was in the 70s. And um, my mom called me one morning. And if you have a mom that goes to church, and you got to love them. She called me one morning. And back then, you know, we were wearing the pantyhose and the dresses and all this 
and she said, um, Rhonda, come go to church with me today. She did this every Sunday. She called me at 8 o'clock. She knew I slept because I worked all week. I had three kids, and I cleaned house on Saturday, and she knew I slept late on Sunday mornings. And she would call me at 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock, my phone would ring. I'd just be so mad. And we had one of them wall phones, so I couldn't just roll over and answer it. I had to get up out of bed. So anyway, she said, Rhonda, can you uh, come go to church with me this morning? I said, Mom, I don't want to go. She said, oh, I got some pantyhose. I'll bring them right to you. <laughs> that morning I got saved at Messenger Chapel. <laughs> so <laughs> if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have done it. But <clears throat> after that, I, in, um, in 2002, I lost my brother, Gene's my, Jean, I call him Gene, you guys call him Force, but actually his name was Baby Gene when I, but, but anyway, um, Gene's dad died, and then I lost two aunts in that same span. Then I, have a grand, or I had a granddaughter, we'd bought an old farmhouse outside of town here, and uh, Terry and I was fixing it up, and we paid $15,000 for this farmhouse, so you can imagine what it was like. You could throw a cat through the wall. Was no front door, was no back, the back porch was just terrible. The raccoons were living in the house after the drug dealers had come in and gone out. So um, we had bought this house and we were trying to get it done and, and my son got married, my oldest son. He, he would have been here tonight, but he had to work because there's people calling in or something, I don't know. Anyway, my oldest son, um, got married and they had a little girl. And a little girl had half a heart. And uh, two days after she was born, she had open heart surgery. And then six months after that, she had open heart surgery again. And then two years later after that, she had open heart surgery again. Then she had all kinds of surgeries, little surgeries. She was born with some other stuff, major stuff that she had to have done. and. And uh, they told us if her name was Megan, they said Megan, if if or if she, Megan lives, be, uh, if she can live within these three surgeries, we can probably give her 16 years. So it's like yeah, we'll take it, you know, we'll take anything you can give us. But I I just you know, and and my heart was heavy. You know, I, I just lost Eugene. I went down there the night my brother had died, and his wife wouldn't let me see him. I hadn't stepped foot in his house for years because we had, I went to church, he didn't. And there was a, but God told me, I sent a dairy bin, God told me to go there. Go to his house and see him. Well, she come to the door, and she's like, well, he's incapacitated. I said, oh, he's drunk. And then instantly I get mad and I leave. And an hour later I get home and get a call that he's dead. So I just kind of, you know, well, God, could I have done something? Could I have done something? But God has assured me that he was dead before I got there. But anyway, so then that happened. I lost two aunts that was close to me. Then my husband, that was 50 years old, died of mesothelioma, which is a very rare lung cancer 
stuff that you get from asbestos. After that, I just kind of crawled back in my hole a little bit and not wanted to do anything. But again, God put a burden in my heart. Megan was born. We had the surgeries. Jane and Stacy lost everything they had trying to pay hospital bills. They moved in with us in that old farmhouse that we were heating with a wood stove back then because that's, that's all. I mean, we were paying $150 a month to live there and heating, trying to work on it while we, I was at the hospital. Terry was working on the house trying to get the water lines going because it didn't have plumbing. Next then, um, after that, uh, one-fourth of July, uh, um, Terry had passed away, and I had remarried Wayne, and Megan was still, Megan was 18 years old then. They had given, she'd been 18. We had went to um, down at the lake, and they had all came, the, all my kids came down at the lake, and we got a place down there. And Jamie and Stacy said, I think we're going to take Megan to the ocean because she wants to see it again. Now, get it, this kid didn't walk till she was eight years old. She was on the honor roll at school, but she didn't talk. Um, but so I said, well, you know what? That's probably a good idea. Go on down there and take her because she had another surgery coming up another major surgery on her spine or something coming up. Well, we come home and got a call, and Jamie said, Mom, Megan's dead. We're out here on a highway. I have no idea where we're at. There's cars stopped everywhere, but uh, we're trying to do CPR. There's somebody stopped and took over CPR of me, but I know she's dead. So Wayne and I get in a car with Stacy's parents, and we drive 27 hours down there and 27 hours back and we have to leave Megan there because they want to transfer a body. I mean, unless she was already at the funeral home. So for three days, they had to leave her there and then fly her back home by herself, which about killed us. But um, after that, my mom dies. Now I'm telling you, I'm telling you guys this not to get you down. I'm telling you guys this because I know a God. Amen. I know a God that can do it. Yeah. After my mom died, within a year and a half, I lost my daughter. She was 31 years old. She had a stomach disorder. Another rare thing, a stomach disorder. Um, got a call at 5.30 in the morning that she was dead. A year and a half later, I got a call from my sister, and I was at the lake. She said, hey, Rhonda, this is Darla. I'm going in for a heart cath. I said, what are you doing with a heart cath? What's wrong with you? Um, she said, I've been having chest pains, and they want to do a heart cath on me, so I'm going to go in and have it done. No big deal. Don't come. I said, now, daughter, you know better than that. I'm coming. So I come home that day, and she had it the next day. And on my way to the hospital, they called and said, hey, she's out. Everything's okay. So I said, okay, well, I took my time. I was in Liberty. I took my time getting there. When I walked into the hospital room or into the hospital uh, waiting room, 
they grab me and run me back there. And she, they said, no, they blew her widowmaker out through her heart. She's going to have to have open heart surgery. Well, needless to say, she died. And she was 11 months and 10 days, or 11 months and 29 days younger than me. We were born in the, the same year. Then one month from the day, Dan dies, my nephew. That's the quad. So if you're going through something today, you know, I, you would think that every bit of this would make, now this is just, you guys just heard a little bit of what, but you would think as a Christian, if you're not a Christian, just a little bit of this would, would make you backslide. But actually, it's made me stronger. And it's made me more mouthier, as people say. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if it wasn't for God, if it wasn't for God, I don't know where I'd be. Because I'm telling you, when they buried Kim, they buried me. And it took me a long time to get over that. By saving grace, I've got Hannah, which is which was her mom. But if you're going through something today, just think. Just remember, God's with you. God's got you. Amen. Just like Job, God has you. Whether, no matter what it is, cancer, heart attack, colon cancer, whatever it is, God's got you. And you're not going to die until God says you're going to die, just like Job. So that's all I have. Let's just bow our heads and pray. If you guys are going through something today, I would like to pray for you. If you want to come on up, um, can we have some music, please? But if you're going through something today and you know that God's got you, but you just need a little bit of help, I've been there. I've been there. I guarantee you I've been there. I've been there a lot. Sister Kendall, why don't you come on up, sis? Can I get some help, please? Can I get some ladies to come up and help us, please? Lord, we just praise you, Jesus. We just love you, God. Thank you, God.